0: In um, May of this last year, our church hosted what we call the Shock, and it is a gathering of uh, area churches to come together and be kind of the church of Stockton, praising and worshiping in time of word that is shared. And uh, the speaker that night was a man by the name of Bob Mitchell, who's a good friend of mine who is a pastor at Lincoln Presbyterian and also a chaplain with the fire department here in Stockton. And if you weren't here, let me just kind of tell you a little bit about what he talked about, what he shared. He shared about um, feeling very inadequate, and actually, at a loss of words, that many times a pastor or a chaplain will um, have that kind of experience when they're trying to help somebody through a major life crisis. And uh, Chaplain um, Mitchell shared about uh, being called onto a scene where a fire had burnt a house down and uh, a young man and a young child had lost their lives. And now the mother was coming home from work and was being notified by the firefighters that she needed to go to the hospital and she was going to be told that evening at the hospital, that her husband and child had suffered their lives in that fire. And Chaplain Morgan was told if he could go behind her and talk with her after that news was brought. Um, And uh, so Chaplain Morgan said, absolutely, I will go. And he brought this question to us. He said, what do you say to someone in that type of a moment? Good question. And it's one that I'll tell you what he gave us the answer that he told the person at the end of this message. But what he said had a lot to do with the value that we're talking about today. And that is the value of fellowship. And so if you have your outlines, if you want to pull those out, you'll see at the top of it. It says fellowship, loving God's family. And you'll recall that last week we shared a little bit about fellowship and the fact that uh, the biblical analogies are put into place that when we are a part of his church, his body, his fellowship, that we are like bricks in a building. We're like a part of a body. We're like being a part of God's very own fellowship or, or family or household. And, it's, and you can see the uh, definition up at the top. It's like having a, a partnership with others of like mind for support and encouragement as we follow in Christ's footsteps. And so a good verse that is challenging us in this way is that verse out of 1 Peter chapter 2, where it says uh, that we need to love the brotherhood. In fact, in the NIV, it says, love the brotherhood of believers... And in another version, it says, love your spiritual family. Love those who are part of the body of Christ. Love on them. Now, why is that so important? It's so important because one day your physical family will leave you. They will die. They will fall fall apart. But your spiritual family will go on forever. And you will experience their love even in heaven if they know the Lord. Your spiritual family will do that. And like I told you last week, I said we are often closer to our spiritual family because we're not bonded by blood, but we're bonded by what? We're bonded by spirit. spirit. Our spirits uh, share the same Father, and that is God above. Look, in fact, look at the verse out of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 3, where it says, I am writing so you may know how one ought to behave In the household of God, that is the church that you are now a part of, the church of the living God. So, today, as we talk about fellowship, I want to ask what does that look like? how do we act? How do we behave? What are we supposed to do within the church, within the family, within the fellowship? You have that on your outline. I share about three levels of fellowship that are there. And the number one that I wrote about was the first level, that of commitment, meaning you choose to belong. A commitment means you are choosing to belong to the family. It means you find a church home and you choose to get connected to it. It's like in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 where it says you're members of the household of God. You're members of his family. And, and, And family we're representing by the local body of believers. Because the Christian life is not just a matter of believing but it's also a matter of belonging. Please hear me on that. It's not just a matter of believing, although that is paramount. That is so important what you believe. But it's also a part of belonging. And if you are a Christian, you are called, if you are a Christ follower, you are called to be a part of a local body, to be a part of a local church family. Now, some of you may say, I- I'm a part of the church. It's just, you know, like the universal church. Like, woo." right like this invisible universal church you say i have brothers and sisters in china and south africa and mexico and poland i'm connected to peter all the way back in the biblical days i'm connected to martin luther with the reformation you know it's this it's this universal invisible family of god that we're a part of and you know what that's fine because we are connected to all those people in some way somehow but let me ask you this How many of them are going to be there going through a tough time with you when you need someone? How many of them are going to come visit you in the hospital like we try and do on a regular basis here with our staff and other people that you may know in your community groups or in your hospital group or in your uh, Sunday school groups or such? How many other people are going to step up and say, sure, I'll marry you or when you die, sure, we'll perform the services and, and help you and help the people who are left behind who are leaving you and loving you and saying goodbye to you? That's what the local church does. That's what the local family does because Only a handful of times, actually only four times in scripture, is a reference to church ever of the universal church. Every other time, it is of the local church and the local body, which in the Greek word is ekklesia, that which is called out. That's where every time, except for four times, it refers to the body or the church that we are a part of. The local church, much like this, is here at First Baptist. In fact, here's the analogy I kind of like to use. Um, did any of you, uh, how many of you ever have played in a band before? How many of you have ever played in a band? Whether it be fifth grade or eighth grade or high school? Not as many as I thought. Okay, all right. Well, well let me, let, did any of you play tuba in the band? Any tuba players? No. All right. Oh, we have one tuba player. All right, all right, all right. Let me, let me share with you what the tuba player does, okay? The tuba player stands out there and goes like this. Boom 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 boom. Every now and then here's the big part. Boom 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 boom. Right? Is that is that not the tuba, right? Okay? Pretty good description of a tuba right there, right? Okay. What it's like when you stand out in the local church and just say, I'm a part of the invisible universal church is much like if you take that tuba and stand out on the street corner and just play your little tune. Boom, 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 right? Okay, whereas if you can't, you should be in context with the flutes and the clarinets and the trumpets and the trombones and the saxophones and all the other that play in a band. Now the tuba is giving some bass. Now the tuba is really helping hold that whole thing together instead of just being out there and playing the boom, 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 boom. All right? Okay? That's what it's like to be on your own, doing your own thing. You are not called to do that. You are called to be together and being in proximity together so that you all play together. We all play together and that we are a family together. That's what we are called to, not being on our own. And so I just want to put it out there. No posers, no floaters. That's not a part of the church body. We don't float from one church to the next church to the next church to the next church, you know, trying to find our way or trying to find trouble or trying to find a woman or something like that, whatever we look for in the church. No, we are to get connected. The church, in fact, Scripture, we talked about this last week, the church is like a body, right? Right? my liver does not say to me you know this week I would rather live in Joe's body so I'm going to go live over in Joe's body and then the next week I'll live in Amanda's body that's the body I want to live in no your your liver wouldn't do that right what would happen if it did it would shrivel up and die you can't keep transplanting and floating around your liver right same thing's going to happen to you if you try to belong to this invisible universal church of the holy liver transplant whatever you want to call it it's just not going to work Okay? You have to get connected and in. Jesus calls his church a body. Well, some people say, well, I don't really want to be a part of or connected to the local body. That is where you live out what it means to be a Christian within the body of Christ. I mean, what if I said to you, you know, I I love you, but I hate your body. We're not gonna have a pretty good friendship there, are we? It's not gonna happen no what if i said you know the 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 church is called in scripture the the bride of christ what if i said i love you but i hate your wife not gonna we're not gonna celebrate very much together are we and yet that's what we are saying to god if we say well you know what I, i love being a part of your family but i don't really like your church god i don't like the people that are there that's not what we're called we don't have that option in scripture we are called to be a part of a body of Christ we love. Jesus, we love his body, we choose the fellowship, we choose to belong to it. In fact, if you um, were here last week, we celebrated communion or excuse me, baptism. And and that is a great demonstration of symbolizing of getting baptized into that fellowship. In fact, look at the verse out of 1 Corinthians where it says for in one spirit we were all baptized into what does it say there into one into one body. Yeah, it's that outward demonstration of that inward faith that we have that demonstrates that we are a part of the family, we are part of the fellowship that we share together. And so there's this call to be connected. To choose where do we belong, what family, what local body are we a part of. And I would pray and I would hope that many of you have done that, um, even beyond just being here on Sundays, but that you would also be uh, members here at the church because that shows your commitment that you are tied in with. Let me give you a second level, though, of what this fellowship in the church looks like. It looks like the friendship that we want to have, and that is learning to share. Friendship, which is learning to share. To share. Acts 2.44 says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Do me a favor here. Would you circle the word together and circle the words in common? Notice a couple of obvious things. You can't develop friendships without meeting together. You can't develop friendships without having things, sharing things in common. Another version says they they shared all things that they had, which they had in common. Listen, people who have lots of friends don't just get them through luck. It's because they choose to be a friend. Please hear me on that. People who have lots of friends, they don't just all pop up. It's because they are choosing to be friends themselves. When we were used to run a divorce recovery workshop, Buddy and Sherry Dentone would lead that for us. And people came in at the beginning of those workshops just torn and broken and, and isolated and feeling just such angst in their life. About week three or four, those walls started kind of breaking down. And Sherry would do something very interesting. She would have people just go around and give a hug to others. nothing weird nothing kooky just saying you know what you need to do this because many people who are going through divorces don't have that physical contact even with one another Uh, and so she would just do that and she would say hey if you're not getting six hugs a day it's because you're not giving six hugs a day so let me extend that to this if you don't have a lot of friends in your life i have to ask are you being a friend to other people Are you doing what it takes to be a friend? Are you meeting together? Are you putting yourself into a place where you can share that commonality and share what you have with others? What does that friendship mean? What does it mean that we share? Well, I put this down in the box and I wrote down, we share our experiences together because I'm not just talking physical, uh, material possessions or finances that we have, but friendships, you share your experiences Look what it says in uh, Proverbs 27. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. I have learned so much in my life from other people, other mentors in my life. And I have made so many mistakes through them, letting them make mistakes, but learning from their mistakes so that I did not have to commit those same mistakes. Now I've committed many mistakes in my days, but not as much because I've shared with others and others have shared with me some of the pitfalls that could be coming up. And and I guess I look at that for all of us. I mean, we don't have enough time to make all the mistakes that we are going to make in life. We can short-circuit that process and learn from that when we learn from other people because you know some things I don't know, and I know some things that you don't know, and you and I know some things or don't know some things that the person next to you in the seat knows right now. And so when you share those kind of commonalities, when you share those experiences one with another, we can help each other and we can gain a wealth of knowledge without actually having to go through negative things and learn from other people's experiences. I wrote in there as well that what else do we share? We, we share our homes with each other. First Peter talks about open your homes to each other. Why? Why? Because it's impossible to fellowship in a crowd this size. We talked about this a little bit last week. We can worship in here. We can celebrate in here. We can learn God's word in here. But we're not very conducive to fellowshipping in a large group like this. That's why we encourage you to get into community groups. That's why we encourage you to step out beyond just what we do in here. Get involved in our college ministry. Get involved in our women's ministry. Get involved with the circles that we have. Get involved with Sundays school classes that we have, and obviously at this time of year to get involved with the community groups that we are putting out before you. I'll talk about that more in just a second, but uh, our, our um, mission teams were down here in the front. They got commissioned at 8 and 9.30 and 11.15 as well. I was sharing with them how valuable their experience is going to be out on the mission field, not just in serving in the name of Christ, but also the rich fellowship that they are going to have as they travel together, as they eat together, as they work together, as they read God's Word together, as they rest together, all the things that they're going to be doing together. Think about the time that you get to be here on Sunday mornings, hour, hour and a half. Multiply that by seven days. Multiply that by 10 days of the time you get to spend together interacting with one another. Now, some of that is not great interaction because maybe travel. Others of it is hard interaction because maybe our personalities might butt and and, and, and go head-to-head together. But you know what? God works in the midst of that as well because he calls us to be in fellowship. He calls us to love one another. He calls us to work with one another. He calls us to share experiences together. He calls us to get into homes together. He calls us beyond just what we do here on Sunday morning. And so let me give you a third thing that I think he also wants us to share. And that is he wants us to share our storms we go together. That's tying in with what we're going to start covering in a few weeks. Our troubles, our hardships, our burdens, the things that we go through. Because here's the blessings of that. When you share your joy, your joy gets doubled. When you share your sorrow, it gets cut in half. Think about that. Share the joy, twice the joy. Share the sorrow, half the sorrow in your life. And we all need those people around us who can support us and encourage us, cheer us on when we're going through good things, walk with us when we're going through tough things. In fact, look at Galatians chapter 6 two. Bear one another's burdens, it says. Share your troubles, share your problems, share your issues that you're going through together. You need other people. In fact, let me say it this way. All of us need at least one other person in our lives, a trusted friend who we can unload on and not feel judged. And you will go through life so much more blessed, so much healthier when you have that person in your life who you can just say, "I'm sorry for what I'm going to say," or I got, I just got to get this out in the open, and you let it go. And they know you, they love you, they can accept that, they can walk you through that, they can help you. Sometimes it's just listening; other times it's helping you take steps, getting through that. We all need those kind of people in our lives. Now, some of you may say, well, "You know what." I've tried small groups, I've tried community groups, and, you know, it kind of felt like drama, and it didn't really fit in, it didn't really work. Um, you know what? Don't give up. Try another one. In fact, if, if you've had a bad experience at a restaurant, um, did you say, well, I am never, ever eating out again in all my life? No? I mean, maybe you're not going to go to that restaurant, but you're still going to eat out, aren't you? I mean, did, did you buy the first house you ever looked at to live in? I doubt it. Did you, uh, did you marry the first person that you ever dated? No, thank God, probably. No, we didn't, right? Just kind of getting, getting it out there, right? If you had a bad experience at, 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 a, at a haircut or beauty salon, did you say, I'm never, ever getting my haircut ever again? maybe not at that place, but no, no, you try something else. And so that's why we have put the insert in the bulletin. Pastor Mike identified this. I want to identify it again. These are places where you can connect and get involved. And again, many of you are already involved in Sunday school classes and other things like that. Hey, if you're going through this curriculum, God bless you. Terrific. But we really want to encourage you, get into someone's home. Let the kingdom of God come right there on your couch. That's what's so cool about this. In fact, in the first service, during our fellowship time, Cush, who's my next door neighbor, our neighbor across the street, she ran up to me and she said, do you know that we prayed for someone on Thursday? Because they meet in their home on Thursday nights. She said, we prayed for someone on Thursday. They were in a coma up in the uh, hospital in Sacramento. That night, that gal opened up her eyes. I mean, she had tears in her eyes, as she said, the power of those prayers. And she was sitting with her small group. It was here at the eight o'clock service, she was sitting with her group and they were just beaming because they had met together. They had prayed together. They were sharing one another's burdens. They were doing something about that more so than we can experience here on Sunday mornings in this time. So I, I want to encourage you, please, if you're having any doubts or apprehensions, just take that step, pray about it. Take that step saying, God, what do you want me to do? What step do you want me to take? Let me give you the last thing I wrote down. It's on the back of the outline. And that is your last level of uh, fellowship would be looking at it like a partnership and making sure you do your part. It's not just for someone else to do, but for you to do. I mean, this fellowship is realizing you have a contribution to give to the family. Do not just sit on the sidelines. You are not called to do that. In fact, you may think, well, you know what? I don't really need this fellowship. I got more than enough friends. I don't need, okay, all right, I get that. You're a friendly person and you've been a friend to others. God has blessed you in that. But understand this, there are people in this church who need your friendship or they need you helping to connect them to other people. And so if you have that kind of spirit, please jump in as well. It is so important for us to get connected because the live out this call for fellowship means that we dialogue, we interact, we share things with one another. 58 times in the New Testament, the word one another is used. That is partnering. It's used in such ways as love one another, serve one another, pray for one another, help one another. There's no way you can be a Christian without doing these one another's. Scripture is too forceful in this of saying, you need to share these. In fact, the Greek word for fellowship is often translated as a partnership of doing things together, working together. And so Ephesians 4.16 emphasizes this when it says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Do you realize if you're just sitting on the sidelines, you're not a healthy person. You're not a healthy Christian. Healthy Christians are those who get involved to grow for their own sake, but also helping others grow as well. We've shared this analogy many times. Pastor Jim has shared it. I've shared it that... They've done studies with horses that pull objects, in fact done, you know, kind of these championship horses do these horse pulls together at fairs and individually maybe one horse can pull 4,600 pounds another one can pull uh, 4,400 pounds whatever it may be together you would think then that adds up to about 9,000 pounds that they can pull not the case at all they've found that exponentially that goes up they can pull up to 12,000 15,000 pounds when they work together you are so much stronger when you're working together with someone and others that's what fellowship's about It's a commonality. It's coming together. It's sharing things together for the blessings of others and for the blessings in your life as well. In fact, I know we've been jumping around to a lot of different verses on your outline, but if you have your Bibles, would you open up to 1 John? 1 John is one of those little books, kind of before Revelation, in the back of the Bible. And let me just give you a couple thoughts here. Keep your finger in that. Most of us know the verse, or we've at least heard the verse, or it's the most popular verse probably in Scripture. It's held up at football games and other sporting events. The verse John 3.16. And that's the verse where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, and whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That's John 3.16. But have you ever read 1 John 3.16? Look at what 1 John 3.16 says. It says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. Okay, that's about Jesus. That's what we discover in in John 3.16. But 1 John 3.16 takes it a step farther. And it says, We ought to then lay down our lives for our, what's the word there for our what? For our brothers. Not only to know him and to know God loves us and to experience that, but also lay down our lives for other people and if it means physically your life okay that may, what it may be at some point in our lives but more so than that it means praying for them it means helping them through difficult times it means emotional support with them it means relational support with them I mean there's so many things that that can mean so I want to encourage you this week believe John three sixteen. yes But do 1 John 3.16. That is loving another. Laying down your life for someone else. That's what we do when we fellowship. That's what we do when we know others. Now keep your finger in in the book of 1 John. I'm going to come back to that in just a second. But one of the joys of uh, being the senior pastor here, and actually being a pastor on staff for about 24, 25 years, has been that... um, at times you'll, you'll interact with families and then a number of years later you'll interact with other parts of the family. A uh, number of years ago, Henry Mendez passed away. And uh, within this last year, his wife Pauline passed away. And so memories come up when I share with one or conduct a funeral service for one and thinking about the other. And I remembered Henry's funeral service and the times that I met with him around his bedside before he passed away. Um, Henry, godly man... And as we stood there beside his bed, um, when his life was leaving him and he was stepping in the presence of the Lord, I, I just had this memory that he was asking for his family. He, was, he, he wanted his daughter to know something. I don't even remember exactly what it was, but he wanted his daughter. And it struck me that Henry was not asking for any diplomas. He wasn't asking for his trophies that he had won in life. He wasn't asking for the gold watch that he had gotten at retirement. But he wanted and he was surrounded by by his family and his friends. And one of these days, one of these days, we all are going to realize what truly was important in life. And that is knowing God and having family and friends who are close beside us. I mean, that's truly what life is about, of knowing God in allowing the people that God has in our lives to be around us and be close. Because the question comes up, if you were going to be on your deathbed this week or this month, would you have anybody around your bedside? I mean, would anybody be there? Who would be there or would anybody be there? Before you get to that place, let me give you a little hint. You want to have somebody there. You want to have somebody's there. So my employment today is begin putting those people around you now. Not just so that they will stand there and mourn your loss, but so that they can go through life with you and you can enjoy life more with them and they can bless you and you can bless them. That's being a friend. That's being a part of the family. That's sharing the fellowship. People you need and who people need you. In fact, let me let me, at the sake of uh, maybe stepping on a few toes, get even a little bit more personal here. Because in this book of First John, I, I found some curious writing this last week, and I want to ask this question: Are you in the family of God? I mean, does this come easy to you? Do, would you even call yourself a Christian or a Christ follower? And if you do, does it show? You say, well, what do you mean, Pastor Brad? Let me take it to 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. Let me just read this. It says, by this is, it is evident who are the children of God, that is, in the family of God, and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his, what's the word there, love his, his brother in fact jump over one more chapter to 1st John four twenty. It says if anyone says I love God and hates his brother he's a liar for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen and then again one more verse out of 1st John 3 jump back over verse look at verse 14 We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the who? We love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Now, I'm just posing the questions. Don't get upset at your pastor here, okay? Get uh, upset at the Holy Spirit or the Bible or whoever convicts you in this, but those questions are pretty, pretty out there when it's saying... Do you love the brothers? Do you love your family? Does that show? Because that shows that you're a child of God when you show those things. And, And you know, I understand that we have our bad days. I understand we have our conflicts. Life is filled with those. But what's your life exemplified by? What do people know you as? Do they see you interacting with others? Do they see the love that you have for others within the family? I mean, it is such a privilege to be a part of the family of God. It's a high calling, though. It's an honor to do that. And really, the fellowship that we're talking about here is the love laboratory that we share with one another. Blessing others as others bless us. And so I just want to challenge you with your next steps. Whatever those next steps may be this week, what are the next steps? Look at your outline again. Levels of commitment. Maybe maybe this week you need to talk. Maybe if you're here with your spouse or a good friend or maybe just decide on your own, we need to be committed. We need to be at one church. We need to say, this is our local body. We need to get involved. Second thing would be to say, okay, what kind of friendships do I have? I I, I need to be more of a friend. Are you being a friend? If you don't have friends, are you being the friend? Are are you sharing experiences? Are you sharing your home, Open up your home, or getting into other people's homes as they open up their homes? Are you sharing some of the trials or storms that you may be going through in the appropriate time? Are you sharing those things? Are you taking those steps? And then on the backside, are you are you partnering? Are you doing your part? Are you blessing others so that you might also be blessed at the same time? And over, the, over all of that, is there love? And are you loving in the way that shows that you're a child of God and that you belong in God's family? That's what Scripture talks about. Are you doing that one with another? It says, should be evident if you're a child of God. Just to end our time, let me take you back to the scene that I left you with at the beginning of the message. And that was of um, Chaplain Pastor Bob, who was sitting beside a woman in the hospital who had just been told that her husband and young child had been lost in a fire. As Pastor Bob talked and shared with this woman... it it was put upon his heart, and he shared this with us again at the shock that was here in May, it was put upon his heart to ask her a question. And Pastor Bob and I went out to lunch today and we talked a little bit about even this uh, this past week. He said this. He said, I knew I had to ask this woman this question. And I knew that the answer to this question would determine how she was going to get through this difficulty in in her life. And here was the question. He said, do you have a faith community around you that will help you walk through this. Because he came in as a, as a chaplain. Chaplains stay for a while. They're not there when it all said and done. He kind of maintained contact with her as much as he could, but he wasn't within her closer-knit friends. He said, do you have a faith community? Not just even perhaps friends, but a faith community Because when an experience like that happens, you ask deeper questions. And you may even ask questions of God of saying, why? And to have a faith community around you that says, we will walk through this together. And we may not always even get all of the answers. But we know God will be present. And we know God will walk with us. That's what I want to ask you today. I don't know what kind of storms or things you may be going through, experiences, how you came in here, you feel totally alone, or you feel like you have more than enough friends, whatever it may be. You're going to need people in your lives. If you've already gone through things, you already know it. You may be going through things right now, or it may be in the next few days, weeks, months, years. I don't know what it will be. I encourage you. I encourage you. Have those people around you now. Now. Place them there so that they can help walk you through things in life. And be that to other people as they go through those things in life. That's why we're putting these community groups before you. That's why we're encouraging you. Go beyond just what we do here on Sunday. Be the body. Encourage one another. Support one another. Pray for one another. That's what God's called us to do. So again, as the Holy Spirit puts that upon your heart... I pray that you will take a step in that so that you will be a healthy part of this body and you will be living a healthy spiritual life as well. Let's pray. God, may your Holy Spirit do what your Holy Spirit does right now. May your Holy Spirit um, comfort those who need the comfort. Will it conflict and convict those who need the conviction? God, you have not called us to live out this Christian life on our own. You have not called us to um, be the Lone Ranger in all this scripture over and over and over and over again shares about being in fellowship being like-minded being in a family being in a church and lord i thank you for the hundreds who call first baptist home i pray that as we make an extent to go deeper and to encourage one another more in our spiritual walks that lord your holy spirit already would be working in the midst of that that your Holy Spirit would be the one putting these groupings together. That your Holy Spirit would be the one knocking our walls down. That your Holy Spirit would be the one binding us together to the friendships and many times even the lifelong friendships that we need in our lives. Or perhaps even from today. May there be friendships who will stand up at our funeral times and say, I knew that person. That person loved Jesus and that person loved me. Today I brought some uh, tough verses to you as well to First John, which talks about the love that we need to have. Maybe today you've realized, I'm not sure I'm in God's family. This could possibly even be your first time that you have come here to church. You've seen kind of what we do on the inside of church. You've seen how we worship. You've seen how we teach. Now it's your opportunity perhaps to say yes, to being a part of the family of God as well. And so today, if you realize you have never received Jesus Christ into your life, you have never said yes to him, to loving him as much as he loves you, realizing that 1 John says he has laid down his life for you so that you might know him, today is a day when you would pray, Father, I want to receive Jesus in my, Lord, uh, in my life. Make him the Lord of my life. If today that is your desire, Would you just say those simple words just within your own heart? Jesus, today would you come into my life? Jesus, today I turn from my sin and I turn to you. If you've just prayed that prayer for the very first time, we are thrilled because the spiritual family just expanded. In fact, there are angels in heaven. Playing in a heavenly band and singing and rejoicing because of what you just did right there and God knows that spiritually your life is now open you are a part of the family here's what I would encourage you to do though would you talk to the person who brought you today or the person that you know here in the congregation or would you come talk to me or someone at our Next Step Center because we want to help you take your next step we want to help you grow in that faith we want to help you get connected in that faith we want to help you be a part of this body of believers. Now let me challenge the rest of you who are here, because I know hundreds and hundreds of you already love the Lord, you're already part of the family. Are you connected? Have you taken the step that you know God wants you to take to be open to allowing other people to connect to you? You connected to others. To be in part of the body, operating together, functioning together, praying for others, caring about one another. That's how the body functions. If not today... Would you take that step? Would you take the step to get involved? Would you take a step to be the body of Christ? Lord, thank you for this opportunity that we have had to learn and to know you on a deeper level. I pray now as we sing our last closing song that you would unify us all the more and that we as the body of Christ would be the body of Christ. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray and pray that your Holy Spirit, even now, is moving in our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.